your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Doing so is always free and ensures you never miss another episode. Tonight's show is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. On this podcast, we are going to talk about Winnipeg versus Montreal, and I think it's about time to talk about what exactly the plan for the rest of the season is, because I think Winnipeg is honestly at a bit of a critical juncture in needing to decide what it wants to be and what it wants the future to be. Let's start off with the present, though, and talk about Winnipeg versus Montreal, which, yeah, that um, that definitely happened. The first period, you could basically tell what kind of game this was going to be because the Jets were not very good. They looked about two steps behind Montreal. The Habs were hemming them in inside the defensive zone. Winnipeg just didn't seem to have its skating legs. Players were losing physical battles left and right. You know, it it was just... It's one of those periods where Winnipeg is infamously a slow starter. Um, We haven't seen as many of them in recent times. I would say the past couple of games may be a little bit of a different story as the Jets have played a lot of Edmonton, but... You know, for a while, Winnipeg wasn't actually playing like absolute garbage in the first two minutes of every game. Tonight, though, yeesh, man. I mean, Winnipeg was just behind on almost every single sequence, and what was extra frustrating was that the Jets basically just gave the puck away on on almost every single pressure. You know, Montreal didn't really have to do all that much to get Winnipeg in a bad situation, because as soon as the Jets kind of got pressured just a little bit, they coughed the puck up, created offensive opportunities for Montreal, and the defense basically just evaporated. Winnipeg was playing helter-skelter hockey the entire night, and it did not get better throughout any of the three periods. The first period was super funny, though, because eventually, right after I'd gone out to grab a little bit of takeout from a delivery person, of course, the Jets ended up scoring first on a bit of a busted sequence, thanks to the really smart plays of Dylan DeMello and Paul Stastny. I was like, well, that just about tracks. Winnipeg gets dominated for almost the entire first period, and somehow, you know, ends up being up one nothing thanks to both Paul Stastny, Dylan DeMello, and then their best friend in net, Connor Hellebuck. Hellebuck had to make some really good saves, especially early against this Montreal Canadiens team that was just constantly dominating offensive zone possession. Even when going up 1-0, it didn't really feel like Winnipeg was in a particularly stable point. You could tell the Jets just really weren't up to speed at all, and it felt like Montreal at any point could threaten to score. And on a number of occasions, they actually did. Jeff Petrie was activating below the face-off circles, got some really high danger opportunities, If you look at the expected goals against for Winnipeg on the Natural Stat Trick website, you can see that Winnipeg conceded a ton of close-in chances right in the central low slot area, which is not super surprising. That pretty much tracks with what we all watched. Winnipeg was very loose defensively, especially in front of Helly. And I think the more troubling thing for me was that the body language was very poor. You know, the guys weren't really fighting all that much. It just felt like the team was tired, like they were beaten down and defeated. And you could tell that against Montreal, which was very hungry and rested, the Habs were the much better team. It, it feels strange to say that because Winnipeg at times this season has dominated the Canadians. That was not even close to what happened tonight, and it just felt like the Jets were sort of throwing in the towel a little bit. I, I know that the, the scoreline obviously will look a little bit better in the first couple of periods, but 
quite frankly, the Jets just didn't show up. And I don't think it's because there was a lack of effort from most of the roster. There are a couple of guys that I, I do have some questions about, but for the most part, I think the guys really were trying to win and, and fight for it. It's just they actually lost all of their battles. They got outplayed. And then the psychological pressure of now a five-game losing streak heading into tonight just sort of weighed on them. I, I think that they just sort of kind of fell apart. It's not often that the Jets have caved like this, especially against a team like the Canadians, but it just seems like the collective losing streak and, and the amount of stress that the guys have been under, it's not really creating a great situation. And Paul Maurice doesn't really seem to have a plan for how to get them out of it. I completely understand that losing Nikolai Ehlers and Adam Lowry does in fact force you to change your game plans a lot, but in the first period, Winnipeg got run over, and I feel like that's a very serious problem. You needed a big response game, and especially a big response period, after Edmonton kind of smacked you around. About the only positive that you could really draw from this is that Winnipeg wasn't down or, or even tied. They were at least up one nothing, but you could feel that the Jets were probably not finishing this game in the lead. Hellebuck, of course, has been a little bit rougher over the past several games. He was actually very sharp, I felt, in this first period, so all props to him. I think overall his game was pretty good. I tend to think he got victimized more by his own defense, but certainly he did his end of the bargain, even robbed a couple of really big chances and kept the Jets in it. I just felt like the Jets skaters, especially starting the game off and as the game continued to progress, they didn't really have it, and uh, I kind of wonder what, it, what it's going to take for them to have it again have that energy, that mojo, that confidence in your ability to win. This is one of those rare games this season where the Jets just looked down and out, and, and it's one of those things where, they, you know, aside from getting outplayed, they just looked emotionally drained. I, I don't often see it with this team, but in the past couple of seasons, we have seen Winnipeg looking very beat down, very poor body language, and I felt like tonight was another one of those games. It's not often, and it's not a frequent occurrence, but to have it happen this close to the, the postseason, you know, the Jets have six games left in the regular season, they're, they're about to play the Oilers again in the playoffs. There's just no confidence, no swagger, no belief in the idea that you can win, and maybe the guys will say otherwise, but, you know, their, their performance on the ice, their play style, their body language, their expressions, they just look tired, man, and it's, it's not a really good sign heading into your playoff opponent that has had your number the entire year. Some interesting things happened in the rest of the game that we'll talk about in just a moment, but before we go any further, it is around time that we're starting to think about Mother's Day, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about Blue Nile and why you need to be paying attention to their 1010 capsule collection. 1010 is a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. It's an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagements, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and it's fairly priced, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. When I looked at these, Michelle Fantacci's ring stood out as the one I'd buy as a gift. It's an ideal conversation piece, and it's beautifully unique and very cool. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this one out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10x10 only at BlueNile.com. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are talking about Winnipeg and the uh, the Montreal Canadiens game that they just played. And wow, 
uh, the second period was pretty funny. It was pretty much the same thing as what we saw in the first period with Montreal dominating. They were maybe even more dangerous than the Jets this period. I think Winnipeg really struggled to create on a lot of these opportunities. But thanks to some really sloppy defensive errors and some really weird miscues from the Canadiens' defense, Winnipeg ended up finding itself early with another goal thanks to Trevor Lewis. Now, Trevor doesn't really score very often, so when he does get a goal, it's a pretty rare occurrence. I suppose you would have to savor it because it is a indeed very rare bird. So awesome for Trevor. Very happy for him. He's been a very hardworking, industrious forward. Probably one of the better defensive fourth liners the Jets have picked up in recent years. I, I don't mind him at all. And I think as far as like a savvy veteran is concerned, he's not bad. He can penalty kill. He's occasionally fun to drive towards the net and create chaos inside the slot. Yeah, he's not bad. So very happy for him. Um, but of course, the joy was fairly short lived because just a few minutes later, Nick Suzuki cashed in on Winnipeg's own defensive miscues and ended up scoring. Suzuki has quite a few points against the Jets this season, so it's not super shocking that he got on the board here. Winnipeg's chaos inside the crease left him a very easy opportunity to just slide the puck right through Hellebuck and cast a seed of doubt in Winnipeg's mind. But, you know, real real deal American hero Trevor Lewis again struck for a second goal towards the uh, halfway point of the period. Thankfully, you know, this guy just seems to find himself at very good positions at the right times to really bail the Jets out when they need it because, you know, the, the top six was struggling to create and it felt like aside from maybe Dubois' line, not many uh, forwards were getting going tonight. So very cool to see Trevor Lewis get two goals. I was hoping that maybe he would get a hat trick. Didn't really care if it came at the expense of Winnipeg winning the game. I just wanted him to be happy. So, you know, congrats, Trevor. Thought you earned it very well. And uh, yeah, a nice little brace for him. And then after that brace with the Jets up 3-1, that's when the fun really began. Winnipeg very quickly found itself in, in more chaotic situations where the Habs were continuing to dominate offensive zone possessions. And again, it's not super shocking. Winnipeg can't clear its own end cleanly. They don't have many skilled puck movers. And their decision-making anytime they're within range of their own defensive zone tends to be very scatterbrained and scary. So not super shocking. Arturi Lekkinen brought it back within a goal for Montreal, making it 3-2. And then a few minutes later, Winnipeg took a dumb penalty. And Yoel Armia did his best to make Winnipeg fans very envious that the Canadians took him from us and made it 3-3. Quite honestly, the Habs deserved to be up by 1-2 goals at least. I felt like Montreal was creating tons of great slot chances. Connor Hellebuck had to be very sharp. And I felt like the Jets defensively, they were just all over the place. So really ugly period. I don't even know how Winnipeg managed to get a brace out of Trevor Lewis of all people. But if you blow a lead in which Trevor scores two goals for you, you're you're pretty much done. I don't think there's much hope for you actually coming out of this game. And indeed, the third period did not go any better. About the only positive thing was that Connor Hellebuck was doing his darnest to keep the team within it. I mean, they were getting outshot something like 27 to 16 at one point, which is pretty ugly. You know, Winnipeg was just basically on its last legs. And towards the end of the game, you could start to feel like the tide was definitely turning in favor of Montreal scoring a goal somewhere and taking both points. I didn't know how it would happen, but it just felt like it was inevitable. And then, of course, the Jets took a late penalty, and Nick Suzuki, again terrorizing the Jets like he seems to do nowadays, scored a third point of the night, his second goal, and put it up 4-3 to three for Montreal. After that, I think Winnipeg was just kind of toast. You could tell the Jets just didn't really have it. And even though they did try and come back in this one, you could sort of feel like it wasn't really going to amount to much. Even though Montreal defensively was kind of rough, especially in the first period, after that, they weren't really in all that much danger. The Jets certainly could create off the rush here and there, but generally speaking, this was Montreal's game. 
They added insult to injury once the Jets had the goalie pulled and Tyler Toffoli just sort of dumped a puck from neutral ice that actually traveled all the way down to the empty net even though it went in without much assistance. Of course, uh, Josh Anderson was right behind it in case he needed to tap at home, but Tyler Toffoli ended up getting the goal, and the game ended 5-3 in favor of Montreal. Overall, man, this game was just kind of depressing. I I think you're getting a a trend here, a bit of a theme over the past several games. The Jets are kind of cooked, and I think it's not just that Ehlers and Lowry are out. It's that the coaching staff is running out of ideas, and we've seen this at times throughout the season. It certainly happened over the last couple of years when the Jets were even worse, but, you know, they're just bad this year, and I feel like a lot of the goaltending and, and, you know, very fortunate goal scoring has sort of hidden the fact that the Jets are probably not genuine playoff contenders. This team will make the postseason for sure. That's basically locked in, but beyond that, the Jets are going to be like a one-and-done kind of squad. I feel like it's going to be fortunate if the Jets aren't swept. It's not like the North Division is some juggernaut either. Most of these teams are, at best, pretty mediocre. Like, your best squad, your best opponent is probably the Toronto Maple Leafs. And even the Leafs have a lot of vulnerabilities. The Oilers are a very much, like, two-line kind of team. Against squads that will actually pressure the Oilers, you can kind of start to see the cracks forming in Edmonton's defensive structure. It's obvious that McDavid or nothing tends to be their MO, and everything else is very messy. The Jets just don't even seem to have that right now. There's no real spark. There's no one player that you can certainly lean on and say, yeah, that's the guy who's going to sort of elevate the team and get us back into the, the thick of things. And it's not like I'm looking for that either. McDavid is a very exceptional player. And certainly, you know, Leon Dreisaitl is very good. Yesapuyayari also is very good. But I think that says something about where the Jets are collectively in that they don't really seem to be in the right state of mind and like they're not really prepared for an actual playoff run. This team looks like it's playing pond hockey out there, and it's not getting better. Tonight, they were just beaten down by a a Montreal team that really should not have had their number like it did. You know, the Habs, I thought, towards the beginning of the season would be a problem for the Jets. For the most part, they really didn't push Winnipeg that hard. And to see the Jets just utterly cave in tonight's game was very disappointing. I feel like Maurice has a lot to answer for. The coaching staff also has to account for a lot of their decisions. And then the players need to ask themselves, what's going on, man? A lot of them seem pretty clicked off tonight, and I feel like that's not going to go over big with either the coaching staff or management, and certainly not with the fan base. I think everyone was pretty disappointed. The players, I'm sure, are very frustrated. It's going to be a long next couple of weeks, I think. And speaking of long weeks ahead, in just a little bit, I did want to talk about what I think Winnipeg needs to do next, because I think there is one major change that'll kickstart a whole flood of changes that the Jets need to do right now, and, you know, just sort of live with the consequences. I'm sure you know what I'm about to suggest, but before we actually talk about the major decision Winnipeg needs to make, let's reflect on something way happier and way tastier, and that's the Built Bar. If you're a longtime listener of this podcast, then you know that I love the Built Bar, and if you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's the best tasting protein bar on the market because it tastes more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. The original recipe came in 12 delicious flavors, and if you want to give those a shot, I'd highly recommend raspberry and mint brownie as two of your starting points. But if you can't really pick and choose, you want to try double chocolate, maybe salted caramel, banana bread, and you really can't decide, then just get the variety box so you get all of them. You don't even have to choose. You can try all of them, find your favorite, and everyone's a winner. But do not forget to check out their six brand new and approved flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. These flavors are all delicious, and if I had to choose just one out of this crop of six, I'd probably go with lemon almond cheesecake, but you seriously cannot go wrong with any of them. They're all 200 calories or less, between 14 and 19 grams of protein, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Place your order at BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Those of you who have been listening to this podcast recently also know that I'm a big fan of BetOnline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. 
Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. If you're not into baseball, this week also has tons of other sports action on the go, as the NFL Draft is on, and the Kentucky Derby is back with the very first leg of the Triple Crown this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB action, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international soccer, and so many other wonderful sports updates. Before that next face-off, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter a few great contests, so everyone always wins. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the action as all of your favorite teams are prepping for their main playoff runs. Register for a free account at betonline.ag, and when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. You know, it's uh, been an interesting episode where we were talking about the Winnipeg Jets and, you know, all the stuff that's been going on with them. Certainly their game against the Canadians was yet another disappointing loss. Now the sixth in a row for the team consecutively. And I said that the team needs to make a decision, and that decision is that they fire Paul Maurice and unfortunately let some of the assistant staff go as well. I think the team is basically at the point where you kind of got to make the move. The Jets look like they're a bit lost. We know that this team has been underperforming for years now, and the team needs some sort of jump. You know, we've seen Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck express displeasure with the coaching staff decisions over the last few weeks. We know that the team's body language is poor. The actual team performance itself has been very bad for most of the year, but they've managed to rack up a ton of wins because they have a lot of really great goal scorers, and, you know, Connor Hellebuck is kind of a beast. But now that Hellebuck is not quite able to cover all of the defensive issues, and Ehlers and Lowry are both out now, the team's defensive issues and a lot of their offensive creation, or rather the lack of offense, starts to become more apparent. So I think Winnipeg needs to make the move. I think that it's been overdue for many seasons now, but, you know, Paul Maurice has done a lot for this club. Unfortunately, he's probably taken the team as far as he can. 2017-2018 was probably the highlight of his of his tenure with this Jets team, and of course, 14-15 was a great run with that team, even though the Jets did get swept in the first round. At least the team was pretty competitive and played a style that fit the roster. Maurice just really hasn't changed, though, and I think that's the biggest issue. He constantly has very specific ideas about how this team should be run, and unfortunately, a lot of those decisions seem to run counter to the way the roster is actually constructed. Winnipeg has, you know, far too long put off this decision because I feel like, in a lot of ways, Maurice has more of the ownership approval than, you know, most other coaches. He's got the backing of a lot of folks in the organization, and I can see why. I know that he's certainly done a lot to put the Jets back on the map, but I also think you have to look at the long-term picture and realize that the Jets' core has been, you know, aging and, and sort of getting older as time goes on, and they really haven't won all that much. Winning a cup certainly takes a good amount of fortune, but the closest Winnipeg ever came was that one year where they lost to the Golden Knights in Game 5 or 6 it was. So I think the Jets need to start considering a coaching move to salvage what remains of the season and start planning for next year. Maybe a coaching change would actually help the Jets get reinvigorated, refired up, and actually put them on a better path for an, a genuine playoff run this season. Doing a coaching change now is kind of insane, to be honest, but I also feel like the Jets are probably running out of, uh, you know, options and, and time, really. They don't really have a choice. What I think Winnipeg will actually do is not make any sort of decision or even think about firing Maurice until the summer, which I get, I guess, but by the same token, the Jets... I don't know, man. They're really stagnant. They're falling apart, and the team hasn't been good for a long time. They've been covered by Connor Hellebuck for multiple seasons, but even Hellebuck has his limits, and he can't hide this team forever. Maurice has sort of driven this team to the point of where they're not really in a position to be playoff competitive, and I think it's time that, you know, the Jets make the move. Maurice has been great for this team in certain areas, and I think in other areas he's holding them back, and unfortunately those areas that he's holding them back in is keeping the team from reaching that next level and ascending to the greatness that it can be. 
We as fans will always appreciate the hard work that he did to put this team back into a competitive position, but I I think we've already seen the best of what this Jets team under Maurice looks like, and it's not this squad. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on this. I'm sure a lot of people are probably like, well, Paul Maurice is a great coach. Why would we fire him? They're third in the division. It's not too bad. It's all on the defense, the injuries, yada, yada, yada. But I think you have to be really honest and take a look at the organizational perspective from a whole and understand that the Jets have been underperforming for many years. It's not just this season that Maurice has unfortunately fallen short of expectations and he continues to do so. Let me know who you would hire or if you would even fire Maurice. Maybe you think I'm insane. Be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's show, though, that is enough ranting. Before you log off, don't forget to check out the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Burkowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.